Hey, welcome back to another episode of Progression Over Destination. Thank you to everybody who tuned in last week when we had Daniel Reese, aka Jimmy, from Zebrano Woodcraft. This week, we are very honoured to be joined by Ian Clugston, who is the owner of Amity Irons Tattoo Studio, which is based on Long Island in New York. Myself and Pricey have met Ian in person when we visited Amity Irons, but it wasn't until I sat down to write the show notes for this podcast that I realised just how insane some of Ian's stories were. So please sit back and enjoy as much as we did. Thank you. What's that? How's it going? All right, mate. Hey, boys. How are you? Good. Yeah. Hey, good. Yeah, really good. I'm not in the hospital. I'm living. <laughs> <laughs> Can you Still describe kicking. where you're sitting, Ian? I'm, yeah. um, I'm 300 feet away from the chaos inside my house in a little nook in my backyard. Just sitting poolside. Oh. But uh, oh, you, you're not doing video, so I can't show you the uh, the beautiful yard. But yeah, it's quiet back here. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. We'll, so see, how, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. So we get everyone to always state their name, who they are, and what their favorite beige snack is. And I don't know if you're gonna get this because it's American. It's, it's a British thing, a beige snack. So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one at you and say, what's your, what's your favorite pie? <laughs> All right, uh, my name is Ian Clugston. I'm a tattooer at Amity Irons Tattoo, and my favorite beige snack, probably, I mean it's not beige, but I love pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan. I've never pie. had it. Don't even know what that is. Really? Oh, Jack! Next time you're over, man, it's great. Oh, peanut butter and jelly. I like peanut butter and jelly pie too. That's a pie. Yeah, I've had it in a sandwich, never in a pie. Oh, it's great in a pie. <laughs> yeah, we, our pies are different to your pies, isn't they? We're like we put meat and yeah, yeah, meat pies. <laughs> yeah, meat pies. Yeah, you have meat pies as well. I've had, I've had a chicken pot pie, but it came out of a little cardboard box, like one of those Amy's deals you throw in the microwave for a little bit. But uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't really do meat pie over here. I mean, no. we call people meat pie. What does know. that mean? <laughs> you know, what's up there, meat pie? You got a fucking problem? <laughs> <laughs> How many times do you use that in the shop? Twice a day, at least. <laughs> Weren't you with your kids today in the shop? No, uh, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Holy All shit. Right. What, a, what an experience that is, man. Because you can't go to the hospital right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I got cheap labor. I got so I'm using four of my kids to help me do construction at the shop. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, you know, my, my son's swinging a hammer at my daughter. There's nails <laughs> flying all over the place. I'm yelling, we can't go to the hospital. Like, you know, <laughs> no accidents. No, thankfully, not Jeez. not yesterday. Yeah, tomorrow's so, a new day. <laughs> we'll, we're going to jump into our first question for you, Ian, and it's basically. How did you start your business? How did you start Amity Irons Tattoo? How did I start Amity Irons Tattoo? Um, I wasn't really ready to do it uh, when it happened. Um, I had been working at like a private studio with this guy, Keith, and we had a little bit of uh, 
of a falling out. Nothing too serious, just a difference of opinions on some stuff. And uh, I just couldn't see myself going back to some of the shops that I had worked at before, which are really the only shops that I would have worked at. Yeah. And I thought the next best option was to maybe do my own thing. Um, I looked into maybe doing another private studio, yeah. but I figured I'd get lonely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, figured out my money situation and then kept tattooing at another place, saving money over there for a little bit. And when I had the money, I just, I found a space close to home. That was important to me too, was to be close to home. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the shop that me and Pricey visited, or is is that a different one altogether? No, it's that shop. Emily's always been there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And how long ago was that? Uh, it's going on six years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had opened a shop uh, 12 years ago with a friend of mine, and um, that went – you never go into business with a friend, you know? <laughs> Yeah, bad move. Um, you know that shop's still around. I left, and uh, you know, but this, this time I did it. I did it right. I did it my way. You know, on your own. So you went solely into this on on your own. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's never really on your own because everybody everybody you live with is kind of involved in that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm feeling the brunt of that at the moment because I'm yeah. working from home and going to work as well. And Kelsey's like ripping her hair out, like spend time with me. I'm like, well, I got some work to do here and I got some work to do there. So it's that's tough, really busy. Tough what's that? I'm I'm finding I'm really really busy. I'm keeping myself really busy with what's going on. I'm like doing more online content with honestly Jack, and I did like a tutorial for some kids about how to draw a swallow this week. Um, which is cool. So I'll send, I'll send you that link. You can try it out with the kids. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I'm always looking for stuff to do with them. Yeah, man. Um, so I find I found that I'm busier, if anything. And I've got a neater house. <laughs> I think everybody's got a neater house right now. And I'm basically getting paid as well. The government's doing us a really good one, so it's good. I haven't... Um... We, Jesus, we're screwed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as America, yeah. you're you're royally you're fucked. The, the big guy, the big guy insists that small business got their money. I haven't seen any of it. Um, I filed for it like two weeks ago. Um, you know, eventually it'll come. But I mean, I've always like my wife has a good job, and um, you know, I'm kind of leaning on her right now and I'm not like a big spender. I mean, you guys have seen, I've been using the same machines for like 10 years. I don't buy fancy shit, you know? You did buy so, an iPad. Uh, yeah, you bought an iPad. I did. It's enough. I love my iPad. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. How we changed you. How we changed you. You right. did. You did. I mean, it was a... I still fought it off after he left, but then I seen how Kenny, Kenny, the, Kenny, the color in his face changed. He was like a happier person. I'm like, I'm like Kenny, what's going on, dude? Like, you getting laid more or something? He's like, no, it's the iPad. Some high definition boobies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kenny, Kenny's a legend. Kenny, yeah. Kenny, what's Kenny's Kenny? Instagram? Are we got, can we put that up? Tattoos yeah. by Kenny B. Yeah, I'll pop it. 
obviously you've been at the shop pulling the floor up, so you've you've answered our second question, which is, do you think that being able to physically build things um, helps your business? And do you ever utilize, like what I do, um, your trade to trade with other other sort of different trades? So do you like tattoo some of your dudes to get some carpentry work done? Or yeah, that's how I did the extension. So um, I tattooed this like whole crew of Polish carpenters. Yeah. And um, when I when I bought the store next door and I needed to blow that wall open and and put the header in and stuff, I can't do that. So uh, I reached out to them and I traded, I, I, I did like two sleeves yeah. and I got all the electric done. I got the, the wall blown out. So basically how the shop looks now that was, I traded for that. Swap for swap. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the way I kind of work with it with a lot of things as well. Um, yeah. Like got someone like going to do the front of the shop for me soon. So it looks like a really old traditional shop and put like, old school like wooden sort of like a facade on the front um and that's what we're doing i'm going to work on him and he's having like half sleeve or full sleeve i don't know what he's, he hasn't even decided yet but that's the plan for that bit i mean at that point it really like the amount of work that you do it doesn't have to necessarily equal you know what they're doing at that time because it's it's kind of like once you're in motion with somebody like dealing like that like it, it always comes back to you. So like, even if I got to put a little bit more into it, like if I yeah. need something to stop, you know, they'll do, it. you know, same yeah. thing with my lawyer. I I'm doing a full body suit on my lawyer. Oh my I've God. seen, I've seen thousands. So like, you know, you were saying about you, you started your tattoo shop like 12 years ago. And what were you doing before tattooing? Like what, why did you get into tattooing? Like what I was, got, I, I got my first job in a shop. I was, uh, I was 18 or 19 and, um, it's kind of like at that time. So we're we're talking like 1998, 99 around there. Um, at that, it was kind of like a motorcycle club then because you kind of hung around until they liked you enough and then (laughs) they would give you stuff to do Yeah, and you did what they wanted. And then eventually, you know, you, you, if the guy liked you enough, he'd teach you how to tattoo, but the guy I was, it was this guy, Matt at Matt's tribal dragon. And, um, that's not like an awesome name for a shop. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He wanted a piercer. He didn't want a tattooer. So he, um, he's like, yeah, like after a while, he's like, yeah, you know, you do, do this. I'll send you to this piercing school in New York city. And he's like, you could be a piercer. And I was like, ah, you know, I, you guys know me. I'm not like a huge fan of that stuff. So, yeah, I was like, I guess if I got to do that to get my foot in the door, and then my my girlfriend got pregnant, and my my dad was like, "Well, you can forget that other shit. Like, you got to get a real job now." So, yeah. I was uh, I was a steam fitter for a few years in the city. I, I I went into I went into the fitters, which was a union job, and I was doing that for a few years, and then about six years later, so like. 2005-ish, I hated it, and um, a buddy of mine was working at a tattoo shop, and I'm like, listen, why don't you talk to that guy, your boss over there, and see if, you know, he's looking for anybody, like maybe to apprentice or anything like that. The guy's name was Billy Deluso. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's still one of my favorite people in tattooing. He's like, he's been doing it forever, and he's 
he's like a half mobbed up crazy son of a bitch you know like used to make me fight people in the parking lot i'm not even kidding um but he was like yeah he's like you know work in the city during the day and then come here and work at night holy and, shit so i'd be on a i'd be on a 4 45 a.m train to manhattan yeah i I'd, I'd work with the fitters all day take a train back to Massapequa, where i live now drive drive to Merrick. This was like 3.30 in the afternoon and then work at the shop from 3.30 till midnight most nights and then go home, sleep for a couple hours, get back on the train. I basically did that every day until, uh, you know, he was letting me do some tattoos and event, you know, after a while I got a little busier and I kind of eased up on doing the pipe. But um, it, it was great that I did that because I, I, Definitely learned a work work ethic doing that. Um, what was I that work ethic though? Was that just like balls to the walls, just oh. fucking head down, just get shit done, do as much as you can, and learn as much as you can? Was that? Well, that's kind of how it had to be because I had at that time I had two kids. I was a single dad. I had full custody of the kids, so they both they both lived with me. Yeah, and. Um, you know, the mom was, she wasn't even in the picture. I don't even know what, how are the fucking mosquitoes out right now? What the fuck? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so I, you know, That's I had to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I had to do everything I could to try to make some, to make some bread, man, you know? So, and then I always had that to fall back on. So like when tattooing, like when the other business fell apart, you know, I needed money. I went back to the union. I was doing pipe and then tattooing at night again. So you're gonna uh, have to ex- you're gonna have to explain to me what doing pipe means because to me that either sounds like you're on meth or you're you're <laughs> noshing dudes off. I I don't know what you guys are calling like um, plumber, a, a pipe fit. No, 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 no. <laughs> plumbers and fitters don't get along. There's a, there's an old <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, what was the joke? Uh, What's the difference between a plumber and a fitter? A, a plumber puts his face where a fitter puts his ass. <laughs> <laughs> we did like, um, you know, like the big fire protection pipes, sprinklers, stuff like uh, okay. that. Okay, like the big steamy pipe. Yeah. In, the, steamy pipe. in the middle of yeah, okay. Because when I saw that when I came over to New York, I was like, this is insane. Seen it in Spider Man, like giant steamy pipes, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. yeah. Now nah, it was that was a. Uh, that was a hell of a job, man. That was, you know, it was rough. It was, it was hard labor. Yeah. Good. It was good for me. I needed it. It kept, it kept me from doing dumb shit too, because listen, it, when I, I barely got out of high school. And then like, when I did get out of high school, I was hanging around fucking tattoo shops in the mid nineties. Yes. You know, like there was nothing good going on. Like you either getting tattooed or you were doing, doing dumb shit. So, you know, if, if I didn't have a kid when I was 20, or 21 and be forced into, you know, being a man super quick. I never would have the, the shop that I do now, you know? And I like, yeah, house. it's just kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Like you, at the time you were probably like, fuck, I've got to do so much work, but in no, doing, the the world. Yeah. but in doing that, you've now got this insane shop with how many artists are under you now? Four, five. I, there's just this, um, there's five of us. I kind of downsized. Uh, I love everybody, but it's just, it, it got too, too much, you know, 
And yeah. I just recently, I recently let somebody go two weeks ago and, um, I just, uh, you know, you learn as you, as you have a business and ha as you deal with people, like you learn what, you know, I don't want to say what's right and what's wrong, but what works for you and what doesn't yeah. work for you. Like when you start to realize those things and you can see the trends, you have to adjust. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you adapt and overcome. Like that's, that's what you have yeah. to do as a business owner. Yeah. Um, so, um, but it's been good. It's, I, you know, I love it. I love it. And that's the thing. Like, you know, I, it did, it did, it did hurt, you know, when I was out of it the first time and, you know, when I had the baby, I, I was definitely in my head. I was like, all I, all I used, I remember, it's funny. I remember I used to live in a trailer and, uh, it was me and my, my kid and my, my ex in the trailer. And I used to do these drawings every night and every night I would do a sacred heart. And, um, oh man, I'm going to get all stupid now. So I used to do a sacred heart every night just cause it was easy to draw. And, uh, I just wanted to do a tattoo so bad. I just wanted to do a sacred heart, yeah. you know, and it didn't matter what the tattoo was actually just, I just wanted to do one. That's all I could think about doing. And it took me, it took me a few years to get there, but once I, like, I don't take a tattoo for granted now, you know? And I think that that's kind of like, I think that, you know, that's why I love Kenny so much too. Cause he's very, he's very much like that. The same yeah. as me. Every, every yeah. tattoo is the biggest tattoo in the world to the person getting it. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. <clears throat> so, that's the thing <throat> me and you get on so well, because when I come over, you're always like, but we don't do that shit in the shop. And I'm like, I'm fucking doing it. Cause that's what we <laughs> Wait, but I say what? You said to me last time, we don't shit through that shit in this shop about that car that I did. And you were like, just, and you left me to it. And I did it. And you were like, fuck, you blow my mind with that. <laughs> and I'm not used to doing those things either. But it wasn't a fact that you didn't want to do that stuff in your shop. It's just, you've not got anyone that does that sort of style of stuff. Because, well, yeah, if, if that's the thing, and that that's we won't do something we can't do. So, obviously, you know, if somebody comes in and listen, if there's guys who do portraits that like they're incredible, they're, like I'm not going to go and try to do someone's grandmother on their forearm when Justin Weatherholtz is five minutes away yeah. doing the, the most beautiful portraits I've ever seen. Like, you know, yeah. I'd love I'd love to tattoo you, but you're going to get a better tattoo there. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just acknowledging your skill level. Like I've noticed that a lot lately. I've I've basically ruined like my embroidery machine. I spent like probably shy of like ten grand on an embroidery machine, and uh, I had like a massive sense of pride when I got the machine. I was like, I'm going to learn how to digitize all the stuff that goes into it. Long story short, the last year this machine has slowly been like getting like torn to shit with how much crap I'm running through it. So I've acknowledged my skill level, understood it's not up to par, and now I'm outsourcing my um, my digitization. And everything that's coming out of the machine now is absolutely incredible. So like, you just acknowledge your skill level and put it to somebody else or send somebody else, send them somewhere else, like in yeah, the most polite way. You have to do that sometimes. Sometimes you have to give up money to make money sometimes because yeah. for, for, for every... For every bad piece of work that comes out of the shop, a hundred people are going to know about the bad thing. For every yeah. good thing that comes out, maybe ten people. So, like, the, yeah. like, you know, the, it's definitely risky to try to do something that 
you're not going to knock out of the park, you know, yeah, especially yeah. like now it's so competitive. It's like, it's, it's fairly easy to open your own business. So there's tattoo shops everywhere. And I'm sure like, you know, with Jack, what would you do? Like, I, I know that on Long Island, there's a ton of guys doing that stuff, you know? So like, it's, it's competitive. And if you're not at the top of your game all the time, yeah, you, you know, I think we're quite fortunate down here. There's there's three of the screen printers that I know, and all of all of the the other competitors, so to speak, they all offer different kind of services. So yeah. one is like mainly focused on school uniforms, and they do do screen print, but and then the other one is more, I don't know, I guess your corporate wear and stuff like that. Whereas I'm more directed towards like you know, your casual wear, like looking good, feeling good type of yeah, fun um, stuff. apparel, like fun stuff. And I love illustration. Yeah. So um, for me, that's where I, I think my my um, business stands out there. With us, I think with that, we, Pen Tattoo is not oversaturated at all. We've got plenty of, plenty of tattoos, like space for people. <laughs> was thinking, was this is brilliant. Um, yeah. There's, you know, there's, about 12, 15 shops in the entire county, probably, maybe less. Possibly in the less. country? In the whole country? County. Yeah. So it's not that many, to be honest. Yeah. There's so, there's so many shops. It's like, I mean, you know, you, you've seen, I mean, on that one strip by me, it's like a mile and a half strip. There's seven shops. Yeah. But how do you stand out from that? Or do you just. And just... how did I find you, Ian? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like I, I feel you know, it's hard to stand out. I, I don't feel like I need to really necessarily. I don't think the brick and mortar has to necessarily stand out because mm-hmm. with tattooing, your Instagram presence is kind of, you know, that that's key. I, the Instagram is your front door, you know, and word of mouth is like your biggest advertisement. So. You know, you got to let your tattoos kind of do the talking. You got to let your customer service do the talking. Yeah. Um, you know, because, I mean, there's there's a shop like three blocks away from me, fucking clown shoes. And uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty much dead most of the time. Like, the only time they do is some fucking meth head comes in, gets a $40 fucking tattoo. And then, like, when they sober up, they come by us and they're like, can you fix this? Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, oh. Well, so what's the worst tattoo that you've had to cover up then? Because I don't get many bad ones, but if you've got meth, meth heads, people coming in. The worst. Oh, okay, so I actually I'm not a rat, all right, and I've never done anything. I, I, you know, I'm not like a rat, but I actually called the Department of Health one time because these fucking guys tattooed. There's a girl comes in with her mother. And the girl's like 14 years old and she's got this fucking awful black and gray rose tattooed on her hand. She doesn't have another another tattoo on her body. It just, it (laughs) looks like the guy did it with a toothpick and a hammer. It's like, so, um, we, there was nothing I could do with it. You know, I just gave her information. I know a girl that works with laser. I was like, you need to go talk to her like yesterday. Um, but I called the department of health and I was like, dude, you know, like, Cause we have to pay. I don't know how it works with you guys, but we every year we have to pay Suffolk County. Um, it's like close to a thousand bucks, and you know they're supposed to regulate the industry in the county. And uh, 
I'm like, why am I paying you a thousand bucks if like this guy three blocks away is jacking up high school girls on their hands? Like, you know, what are we doing here? I think it needs, they need to be on top of things more. But that 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 one sticks out because the mom was crying, the kid was crying. I wanted to smack them both. Like, you know, like how do you walk in there and do this? And uh, how do you not know where your kid is? You know, <laughs> like yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Jesus, that sounds yeah. horrific. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about people in in the industry that, that are good at their job? Um, and do they intimidate you in that kind of way? Do, you know, does, is there anyone that you look up to and you go like, "Fuck, that guy's work is incredible." Well, you just said then about the guy Justin down the road. Is that? Oh, Justin Weatherholtz. Yeah, yeah, he, he does beautiful tags. But that's a different style. Um, I used I guess to. So, yeah. yeah, I used to. Um, I mean, the guy. It's funny because. You know, I hear the kids in the shop, they, they, you know, they talk about all these tattoos around now. And, like, I, I they do great work. I, like, I love their work. And, like, a lot of them, I, I, they're great. Like, they're, you know, the phenomenal tattoo. But the guys I look up to, they're, they're, like, older than me at this point. You know, like, um, Tim Hendricks, you know. And part of the reason that I always kind of looked up to Tim Hendricks was because, you know, he, he's probably 10 years older than me around there, but he kind of had a family and had his stuff together yeah. back in the day. And I remember thinking, how the hell am I going to shuffle being a tattooer and a dad and a tattooer and a husband, you know? So it was a lot of the guys that, um, that had that kind of thing figured out. Like Ron Bianco was a guy that I worked for, um, you know, he has sons and a, and a wife and, you know, he was like the first guy that had like his own house that I knew, like he wasn't living in a, an apartment or anything like that. Um, so he was more, the first guy that like, like that. he was the first guy that like managed to get somewhere and like in enough money to get a house through tattooing. Yeah. Like that I personally knew because, yeah. you know, most of the, most of the tattoos that I knew, um, you know, I worked for this guy, John, that lived in the shop. You know, and the only time like he and this dude had a ton of money. He just didn't have it together. The only time he would really leave the shop was to go to a hotel and bang a hooker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you guys you know, have it such a <laughs> it was um it was different, you know. Like this one guy I worked for, Keith, um, he lived like in a loft above a mechanics garage. So like I went over his place to help him move stuff one day and it smelled like, you know, engine oil and like car vapor or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, so I, I always kind of like looked up to the guys that, uh, that had it together, you know, mm. that weren't divorced, that were in their kids' lives, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, which at that, you know, I'd never been intimidated by anybody. Like I knew, I knew, I knew where, you know, I know where guys are in the industry. And, yeah. it, it, you know, you keep tabs on everybody. You're not really intimidated, but you know where everybody. No, I don't even care. Like, I don't even, you know, <laughs> like, listen, there's enough tattoos to go around, I think. I know some guys are like, you know, they get really pissed off if you tattoo somebody that, you know, they've tattooed. And it's like, bro, you're fucking tattooing right now. Shut up. Like, it's. I, I never, I never got that about tattooing. It's like, it's like any other job, you know, just, you know, um, if, you get, if I was ever intimidated by another tattooer and, um, 
I used to do a lot of conventions. And yeah. uh, so I used to do them with this guy, Jay. You, you guys watch Ink Master? Yeah. As he does. Remember, remember uh, Gentle Jay? Yes, I think so. Long, long hair, crazy metal dude, like, ah, Gentle Jay. Ah. Yeah, so yeah. We used, to, we used to travel around and do conventions together. And he was, like, obsessed with Jack Rudy. So, oh, okay. But, um, you know, it's not cheap to get tattooed by Jack Rudy. And, Where did uh, he work, Ian? What's that? Jack Rudy, I follow him. Was he on Instagram? Um, he's, well, he's in L.A. Uh, he used to be with Good Time Charlie's. And then um, sometimes he tattoos in Jersey at this guy's shoes place. Yeah. He's mostly like a West Coast, you know, like, he's, he's up there, man. He's old, like in the 80s, like he was like the man, you know? But uh, so Jay was like, we were in Philly and he's like, I'm getting tattooed by, by Jack Rudy. It's going to happen this weekend. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. Like, all I cared about was like, so <laughs> the Philly convention is on top. It's in this convention center. And underneath is like this underground food market called the Reading Terminal that just like has the best food in the world. Like, oh, it's all these like booths of food. I ate, I don't know, eight sandwiches in one day. Like, is that a hoagie? Yeah. Yeah, like I do a tattoo and I'd run downstairs, I get a sandwich, run back up, do another tattoo, <laughs> run back down. Like, but uh so he's like, I'm getting tattooed by Jack Rudy. So he he does, he winds up getting a space with this guy. And uh I'm like, I don't want to come into the booth with them because it's fucking Jack Rudy. I don't want to get yelled at because you know, like I don't know. So I'm just like walking by and walking by, and I guess Jay said to him, like, you know, that's my buddy that keeps like circling. You know, so like one time I'm walking by and Jack just looks over. He's like, are you going to come in or are you going to keep making me look away from the tattoo? And I was like, I guess I'll come in then. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, that was probably, the, you know, because it's, it's fucking Jack Rudy. Like, you know, he, he's the guy, he looks the part. Like, you know, like. Yeah, thousand whistles. Yeah. He's got everything. So like, is there. So, like, talking about, like, Jack Rudy, is he on, like, such a level that you couldn't approach to... Like, can you collaborate with other artists within the tattoo industry? Like, is that a thing? Is that frowned upon? Is it something that you do? Like, or how would you do it? Um, see, recently, I'd say over, like, the last, like, 10 years, it's gotten... Tattooing's, like, it's, like, a huge network now where it seems like more people get along, you know, and, yeah. you know, like Matt, I've sent, I've sent you, I, you know, I, I always mean to do it more. I'm just, I'm fucking lazy. Um, I've sent you like a sheet that I've half done and been like, finish this, you know, like yeah, it took me like nine months to bring it back to you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I physically that's... delivered it in my suitcase. Like, yeah. like Batman, I've ruined your painting. You're going to have to have this. <laughs> I got that um actually you know what when we were cleaning out the shop my daughter took took that one down off the wall and she asked who did it um that that's kind of how it is now like guys aren't afraid to collaborate and like send stuff around um, yeah i i started one sheet it's a 16 by 24 and um down in the bottom corner i, I painted uh i did a decapitated fish head yeah and and i wrote luca underneath like luca brazzi sleeps with the fishes and I mailed it to my buddy in Queens that owns Grandview Tattoo. 
Stevie Wells, who's – you have to meet him. You guys would love this dude. He's, he's top-notch. We're in. Um, We're in. I'm in. We're coming over to see you soon anyway. After all this shit is fucking done, like, I'm coming – like, the first thing I'm doing is booking my flight to come see you. Yeah. I got I to gotta come over there. I got I to gotta come to Wales. It's got to yeah. definite. No, Wait, go, go, go back to the decapitated fish story. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, you know, yeah. so I, I mailed it to him and I'm like, I, I told him, I'm like, Godfather flash sheet. I'm like, do, do, do something on it and then send it to the next guy. So this sheet, I, th- I, I think it's right now, I think it's in Chicago, but it's, it's made its way through like five tattoo shops already. Fuck and yeah. um, when Can it's I get of- it? What's can that? I get, can I get it to come at the end and I'll spoil it with something really shit? <laughs> well, by the time it gets back to me, I don't know what kind of space is going to be on it, but when it does get back to me, if there's any space, I'll send it to you. Okay. It'll be it'll be an international sheet, but it's all everyone's oh doing like God. Little, like a little Godfather uh, inspired flash. tattoo flash. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds awesome. So that's but, a perfect answer to the question then to collaborate with. Like that's so that's amazing. So me and you are going to do a split sheet, sheet, Ian. Have you got any ideas of what you're going to do? So after this, we're going to do a split sheet because we're off. We've not got anything to do, right? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all. So my days right now are my wife is working from home, so I, I have to, like, help with the kids a lot during the day. And then I get to the shop because I'm trying to do some work there when I can. And then at night I just paint. You know, so I mean, whatever, whatever you want to do, I'm in. You know. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm we'll in. do it. We'll did you Trump. see my? Did you see my Trump clown? Yeah, that was fucking. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys get political on here or not, but um, yesterday when idiot was talking, I uh, <laughs> he like he coughed a little bit, and I got Uh-oh. so excited. I was like, oh man, I hope he got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone's gonna get it, it's gonna be him. He's in He's contact such- with so many people. I think this next question is like my favorite question to ask any person we have on the show. I love this one. So basically, are there any mottos or mantras that you live by? Even in the person, if if it's a personal life or tattooing, whatever. Like, what do you like to live by? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a good one. It makes people think. Um, yeah, it's kind of long. But <laughs> don't fucking eat Seven Eleven pizza. <laughs> I don't know, dude. This shit's nasty, man. I don't know how. It's, it's not. It's tangy. It's beautiful. It's quick and easy. You're the you're the the pizza capital of the <laughs> planet, and you fucking. <laughs> so the Seven Eleven pizza was like quick, like picking up a quick prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Um. I don't know. Just, I guess, never give up. I, I, I really don't. So there's like an old Scottish proverb. And uh, yep. it's, um, holy shit, how's it go? I am wounded, but I'm not slain. I will lay down and bleed a while, and then I will rise and fight again. Yeah. And uh, we used to put that around the locker room in hockey. Like, you know, sometimes you get beat up, and then you got to get back out there. That's a, you know, because there's ups and downs, and like you have to remember that. And especially, you know, I, I guess this is like a small business oriented podcast. Like, you kind of have to adapt that mentality because there's tons of ups and downs. You know, yeah. like 
Oh, so many. Right now is the scariest. You know, there's no money coming in. There's like, there's no end in sight to all of this. You know, it's scary. It's a scary time. And like, you don't really, I mean, you kind of prepare for a bad thing, but I don't think you prepare for anything. Like, I don't think anybody could have saw this coming. I mean, we're, we're probably going to be shut down for over two months. You know, that's. Mm, yeah. I don't think anyone is prepared for something as this fucking, like. Nuts. Or yeah. like, it's just fucking. Like, no, but that's that's nuts. the point. Of it. You know, you're gonna get you're gonna get your ass kicked sometimes, and like, you know, you could sit there and you could bitch about it. I mean, yeah. but that's not gonna solve anything. Most of the time, you bitch enough, people stop listening. You yeah. know, so. I think I really, what I really like about this product of you know what this what this has done is like brought us all together. To be in fucking shit street at the same time. Yeah. So regardless yeah. who you are. Oh man, I was watching Ricky Gervais today, yeah, and he was he was talking about celebrities like crying in their mansions. Uh, I'm there's only so many swims I can take in my pool a day. Am I right, Ian? <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 but he was he was saying that these millionaires are just like, oh, I'm bored. There's nothing. They're 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 so. It's also, you know, they're not pulled apart by horses, are they? They're not. Like some people, like like are on the breadline, are pulled apart by fucking horses. Do I pay my rent for my business that I'm going to go back to in fucking three months, or do I feed my children now? Like that, like they even got those decisions. Like they don't. Sam Smith, like fucking sat in his steps crying. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm you. incredibly lucky. You're in one bedroom flat and happy or whatever. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I have my my wife is very successful and she 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 breaks her ass and i'm leaning on her hard right now you know so like not everybody has that i don't you know but i i kind of prepared my life that way you know like i i didn't like you know i see a lot of young tattooers now like they they get money it comes in it comes out yeah you know they they, they go through girlfriends like crazy like they don't take anything serious and it's like you know that this is why you know some I, I know for a fact some some they they're like yo Ian's just an old man fucking like you know shaking his hand at the cloud like the old guy in the Simpsons like you guys better pay your taxes and take care of your <laughs> you know but I'm not freaking out right now because I've kind of done that I've kind of been responsible it's still scary as shit because I don't know when I'm getting yeah. back yeah. you know I haven't had a dot this is the longest I've gone without making a dollar like it's been almost a month. And I'm like, is know, there no way you can like tin that on his head? Is there no way that, that you could? Is there no way that you can tin this on your head? Like tin it on its head? Like you've got merch on your store. Is there any way that people can buy merch to support you, or are you just not I, bothering? No, I I uh, I sold a few t-shirts. Um, I'm putting another shirt up tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, little things like that, but I mean, like that's you know that's little things you know that's gonna <laughs> yeah you know. That's that's a drop in the pond of like a drop order in the pond compared to what you would be earning yeah. with five dudes running the shop, right? Yeah. So same yeah. thing. Like, yeah. You know, like it's we can sell some merch, but it's not making up for what we can do with these. Like yeah. <laughs> there's no fucking way. Yeah. So, so like, I have to sell for for me to like go grocery shopping, I gotta sell a ton of merch. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of money you make on a t shirt, like you know, buys a bag of bread. You know, like I got to go shop and I got to sell forty shirts. You know, so I got five. I got five kids. Whereas I do one tattoo, 
and I'm good. Like I can go to, to the grocery store and we're good to go, you know? So it's like, yeah. you know, and, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, right away they were like, Oh, you know, we're going to bail you guys out. You know, there's, there's, there's $2 trillion for small business. We're going to help you guys get that money. I applied for it that like that day, you know, yeah. and I haven't yeah. gotten word back. I haven't gotten an email back. I haven't gotten anything. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. That's it. But you know, the thing is, it's like I, you know, like I said, like I could sit here and I could bitch about it, but instead of doing that, like I have some credit in the store, you know, that I built up. So I'm using that to make some changes at the shop, you know, dress it up a little bit. You know, it's been five years. I haven't touched anything. It's just kind of I can't wait to the new floor, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm psyched. I mean, and child labor is super cheap. <laughs> you know what? As long as they don't get hurt, because you know, if they get hurt, we got to go to the hospital, and we all got corona, and I may never go back to work. Like, yeah. Oh dear. Pricey, <laughs> <laughs> you, Pricey, uh, you said something uh, probably about five minutes ago, saying "pulled apart by horses," which is a band. So, like, I thought that was quite—I don't know if you did that on purpose, but it was. Super sneaky of you there, sir. You did do that. I did do that. You did do that, yeah. I honed in on that. So the next, the next question would be music, Ian. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say, do something for Ian in a minute. I'm gonna say that this is the Ian's favorite sound. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the sound that inspires you most? Sounds like money. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Amazing yeah. music. Yeah. Like, what's my favorite music? Right, yeah. you're not gonna answer. That. I'm gonna say Black Sabbath. Go. Um, I can say Led Zeppelin. Look at him. Nah. You can say Black Sabbath now because Matt's fucking got me by the balls. <laughs> uh, all right. So my two, fa- my two favorite all time, like I could listen to all day, is The Grateful Dead and Clutch. Yes. And then um, I like a lot of, you know, I'm all over the place, man. Like, dude, if you put on, like, techno, like, TKO in my house, I'll start breaking down. Like, the kids are like, what the fuck is this? Dad wears flannels. I'm like, you know, I like it. I like it. But I, I've been listening to a lot of the dead while I'm painting lately. And um, I don't know. You guys even, you know Clutch? You guys get Clutch over there? I don't know. Harry loves Clutch. My little boy loves Clutch. Really? Didn't you do it? Didn't you do a tattoo of Clutch, or was that Tool, Pricey? I did a Caius tattoo. Um, oh, oh, I did a Clutch tattoo. Really? You did I do did a Clutch a, tattoo. Yeah, I did a Clutch tattoo on Brad. On, yes. Uh, and we're gonna have Brad on. You gotta, soon. you gotta send me a picture of that Clutch tattoo. Yeah. And okay. Who got, who got a Caius tattoo? Um, Je- oh, Jenkins, Steve. You know Steve. Who, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You, Ian, you know. You know. Came to the shop and, and Kenny did the flowers on his chest. He you has a Caius tattoo, really? Yeah, I not the last time. Yeah, he had it on his leg while he was at your shop. <laughs> <laughs> that's, All that's these a... Caius tattoo guys coming over here hiding them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great Caius, great band. So Slayer, Slayer, you're being in Slayer as well, aren't you? Are you being? Because I can imagine you like going down the street and just shouting Slayer at someone with like rock hands. Uh, no, I. I I mean I um I've seen Slayer a bunch of times like I'm you know I I don't know man I'm old now like I just like to chill like 
you know, when I was younger, I'd drive around listening to Rain and Blood and, like, yelling at people. And, like, <laughs> like, old hardcore shit. Like, you know, I, back in the day, I was re- I was in a hardcore band for years. Um, I really want to listen to this hardcore band. What? I want to listen to your hardcore band. Oh, you, you'd love it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Get a lot of breakdowns, you know, like New York City style. Like, yeah. you know, but that, you know. That was like 25 years ago, man. I'm old. That was, how, old how old are you guys? You guys are youngins. I'm 32. I'm, I'm 30. You young bastards, man. <laughs> what are you? You're 10 years older, right? I'm 42. Yeah. I'm 42. I'm, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm closer to the end than I am to the beginning at this point. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're only as old as the woman you feel. So being such an old, absolute old bastard, do you now feel overwhelmed with the way that business runs? Or do you no, feel no. overwhelmed with like your customer needs or like answering your emails and like, you know, keeping up with DMs and keeping up with Facebook? Appearances. No, I mean, that I kind of like all that stuff. I don't mind. I love you guys, you guys haven't got a, a shop like a receptionist, have you? No, no, I love dealing with customers. I, I like meeting people, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't really like a lot of people, but <laughs> I, I like, I like meeting people. I like, I like hearing what they have to say. You know, I like hearing, you know, I just, I always like that part of it. That doesn't, I mean, what overwhelms me, like, I mean, I love my crew but I feel like there's kind of like a juggling act that goes in with that. Like that's kind of the stuff like I never really, thought of when I said I was going to open a bigger shop. You know? yeah. You're pretty much the father of that shop, though, aren't you? You're like, like the father of five tattoo studio, tattooists as well as five yeah. children. It sucks because, you know, and it's so, I really like everybody, you know, like I really do. And like, I have a real hard time drawing that line between being friends with somebody and being their boss. Yeah, same. And, um, same you know, here. sometimes I have to do it, and it takes me a while to get there. Like, I'm really bad at it. Like, and, and I'm the first to admit it. And, like, I wind up having to apologize for it to the guys sometimes because sometimes I, I let some things go on too long that shouldn't go on because I don't want to be confrontational because I like the guys. Like, I, I like everybody in there. Like, yeah, you know. You know, Kenny's one of my best friends. Like I, and that's I. I think I think that's the case because me and Kenny always <laughs> talk to each other at work. You know, like we, we talk outside of work a lot more than we do at work. Yeah. But um, that's the part that gets a little rough. Is like you know you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. Tattooers are generally you know, and I'm the same way. Like very you know self preservationalists. You know, like they, you know, keep yourself to yourself to type of thing. Yeah, everyone kind of like set in their ways as well with tattooing. Everyone is set like I'm fucking doing this, and we're we're so yeah. like confident individuals because of the job that we do. We're kind yeah. of kind of like, no, I'm I'm doing this this way, and it's probably hard for you to manage that. And I'm finding that sort of, I'm finding that level that you're on now. I I can't change that at all. Like that level of being like friends with someone and being their boss. I, 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 never, I never say that I'm someone's boss. I could never say that. If I, if I could give you any advice, man, it would be, it would be to get over that quick because 
Um, I'm not going to say his name on the podcast, but I'm, I'm sure you both are going to know who I'm talking about. But, you know, there was somebody that he was with me for a long time, and I love this kid. Like, I love yeah. him. I still do. Like, I miss him. And I, I feel I feel bad that he's not with me anymore, but I feel like it's partly my fault because I, I had it on that, like, older brother, little brother, best friend, go out drinking, hanging out all the time level to the point where he didn't think there was any consequences for anything. And I could never correct that, yeah. you know? And, and it eventually got to a point where I was like, you know, you got to go. And that sucked. And like part of the reason for that happening, I mean, it's a 50-50 thing, but part of the reason is because I wasn't a boss. You know, I was just a dude at work. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I find that I find that really hard, like drawing that line between boss and friend in work, because both the people that I employed are both my closest friends. Like, Mm. so it is hard, and they like have suggestions, and I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. But if I don't feel like if I agree with it, I don't feel like I can say, although like I'm the the runner, you know. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's really difficult. Same with me, man. Like. These people that you spend your day your days with, and you come in and you hear everything out to those people, and you confide in them for certain things, and they are definitely part of your like furniture of where you what what you construct in your job. And, like you, you never want to leave. You would you don't want them to leave. You never want them. To no. So. Hate <laughs> it. It's been really yeah. difficult being in work without. So, so without Ian, my next question. How do, how do you wind down from all this shit? <laughs> how do I wind down? Yeah. I've watched uh, The Office and The Sopranos seven million times each. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, <clears throat> so I coach. Tell us about okay. your hockey. Yeah, yeah you're a hockey I, coach, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, I coach a high school hockey team and I play hockey. I've been, I've been playing hockey since I was like three years old. Um, that's kind of what I do, you know, when I'm not working or with my kids is like that's good it's hockey's kind of like my bubble once I get once I walk into a hockey rink it's like it's weird like I don't even think about anything else it's you have um, to take me next time I'm over I really yeah. want to what's that I want to come and play next time I'm over yeah I mean yeah when me and Kelsey were over we we went to see the Islanders versus the other ones <laughs> the Rangers <laughs> Where'd, we went, did, you go to, did you go to Barclays or the Na- oh, Nassau Coliseum? We went to MSG. Oh, yeah. Oh, Rangers Islanders you went to. Yeah, we went to Rangers Islanders. I managed to get tickets to for me and Kelsey. And so Greg and Rach and me and Kelsey. So me and Greg conspired together behind the scenes. And then we went to a pub in like a bar in like uh, by the, oh, God, I don't know, in downtown New York. And we yeah. surprised the girls with tickets to... Um, to the Islanders, Rangers, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> so I, 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 live, I live on the island, but I'm not an Islanders fan. I'm a Rangers yeah. fan. I grew yeah. up in the city. So. Islanders have like the best. Uh, no, Ra- Islanders have like the best merchandise. Rangers, uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, fun. no, I'd agree with that. The Islanders, do, do, they uh, they got better merch. They well, now that they have the, they play in Brooklyn. That Brooklyn gear is it's crazy. So um. The, the high school team I coached, we played for the state championship this year. Yeah. And uh, they they were going to shut the tournament down because of all this stuff going on. So, like, 
the weekend before this happened, I went up to Rochester, New York, which is eight hours away from here. And it was, I don't know, negative five degrees up there, freaking cold. But uh, we, got, <laughs> we got it in right before they shut everything down. Like, How do you get off? You win? Third. No. It's good. Nice. No, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, I don't know if you guys, like, the upstate New York is a different animal than Long Island. Upstate, they're like farmers. They're like all big, you know. So we go up there. We're a bunch of surfer kids. <laughs> <laughs> Just get pounded to shit up against the yeah. side. Those kids were all chewing tobacco. And like... <laughs> we are cutting our usual question on number 10, which is, <laughs> is there anything in the pipeline? Um, there, there has to be something like, in the pipeline. You, you have to. It, um, has you got anything in the pipeline in the next couple of months, Ian? Or I do. Is it? I do. Um, so there's a space in Massapequa that um, I've been talking to somebody about possibly taking half of the space and using. Open shop. Uh, having another. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it would be a little different. So, like, this is, like, in a village. So, it would be a little smaller, a little bit more low-key. Yeah. And um, I don't have all the logistics worked out, but I wouldn't be hiring anybody new. It would be the crew I have. from, yeah, and they work from that. That's yeah, amazing. like, kind of circling through, like, doing both shops. Because um, it's, it's in a nice little area, which would be fun to work at. A lot of yeah. bars and restaurants, you know. So working on nice. that, hoping that works out. And then I actually, I mean, this is non-tattoo related, but I just got a, a coaching job that pays me, like, really, really well. And uh, I took that. Um, but that's got some travel involved. So, like, I used, yeah. to, I used to do that, tra the travel hockey deal. But um, I stopped. But now the money in it is too good. I couldn't pass it up. Yeah. So, that's uh. So, so are, you, are you are you going to be the next John Candy of hockey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't I don't get the reference. Yeah, like the feel the rhythm, feel the rhymes, get on up. <laughs> it's Bobsled uh, time. <laughs> it's Clugston time. It's Clugston time. The Bobsled team. <laughs> yeah. What's a Bobsled? <laughs> what the hell is it? Cool runnings. Cool runnings. Yeah. Oh, so me and Kelsey watched it. Your, your mantra should be: "I see pride, I see power, I see badass mother that won't take no crap <laughs> off of nobody." <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Tiger King. Let's go back to where I said: Would you like to collaborate with anyone? Would you like to collaborate with the Tiger King? <laughs> I'm. I would love to. You're gonna aim me for this. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out from all of it, man. He's a fucking weird bastard. Have you watched it from start to finish, Ian? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. good? Apparently, He's so there's, weird. He's there's weird. another one. There's another one coming out. Another episode getting released. Yes, yeah. about Carol Baskin and how her yeah. first husband was fucking Jeff Lowe, motherfucker. Hey, they they're all weird, and he's equally as weird. They all need to be fucking locked up. It's Oklahoma. They're not that weird, man. They they might be what? weird to you guys. What? Like, I lived in I lived in Florida for a year, man. Those, those fucking people are everywhere. 
Like, those are regular fucking people in the southern part of this country. Like, they're just like that. Like, that's normal. That's not fucking normal. I hate to break it to you, but it ain't fucking normal. It reminds me of, like, of John the Bounty Hunter. It reminds me of the British. I used to want to be a bounty hunter. Well, because of dogs. No, not because of dogs. Just because I thought it'd be cool. Do you see yourself doing anything else, then? (laughs) Did I see myself doing anything else? Yeah. Um... No, I mean, I'm pretty happy. I mean, I don't know, porn star. How do you think your wife would feel about that? And the five kids. Oh, she <laughs> fucking hate it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe. You're like, I don't know. I, you, you guys have never met my wife. My, you never met my wife, right? No, no. I can't I wait. She's gonna fall in love with someone who's ten years younger than her husband. <laughs> <laughs> a fatter, younger version you of guys, you. You guys would be shocked. <laughs> My wife is the most straight arrow person. She she got no tattoos. She she's not even a fan of tattoo, and she doesn't really like it. Like she's like she's like every time I get a tattoo. All right, so you're done now. Are you done now? Like. <laughs> Yo, you married this tattoo artist. I'm gonna be like, that's my next. My next time I'm coming, I'm staying with you. I'm not staying what, with anyone. What's your wife's name? Nick. Nicole. Nicole. Hi, yeah. Nicole. If she if she listens to this, will she yeah. listen to this? Um, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, yeah. I didn't say anything too bad on here, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got all of your words, so I can put something together. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Ian, and I'm a porn star. Nah, I, uh, dude, I, I hit, the, I hit the jackpot with this lady. She's, she's a good lady. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, she, uh, like I said, man, she's holding it down right now. She's working from home. She's got a good job. She's, she's keeping me kind of. If I wasn't with her, I'd be a fucking disaster right now, probably. You know, you need that. You need. You know, if you're going to be good at anything you do, you need somebody to fall back on who's a little bit stronger than you are. Definitely, you know? uh, Kelsey, 100% in my uh, relationship there. My other half, yeah. eight, eight so, years I've been with her. She supports, and she supports everything you do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier on, you, we, we literally brushed across pretty much what is our final question um, when you were talking about the sacred heart. Like that for me was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. Um, who who did you tattoo that on? Sorry, Pricey. Who did you tattoo the Sacred Heart on? I I never did it. You never tattooed it. Can I get one when I come out? Um, you're gonna laugh. I I probably still have that sketchbook with the. You would, know, you fuck, would you tattoo that on me when I come out? Shut up. Yeah, I'll do that on you. Okay, I'm gonna get it. It's that's terrible. Fine. I'm telling I mean, you now, it's it's terrible. It doesn't matter if it's terrible. It's the story that's attached to it. I'm getting yeah. I've done I've done Sacred Hearts, but that 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 one that one I never did. But I would dude uh Matt, I'm sure you know, there's something about when tattooing pulls you in, you know, whether you're collecting tattoos, like getting tattoos or a tattooer or working in a shop, not not a piercer, fuck piercers, they suck. Like <laughs> Pricey, haven't you just got into piercing? I I know we've got someone at the shop doing it, but I'm not in it. I'm, okay. really, I'm not involved with it. I never met a piercer that didn't start shop drama ever in my life. Yeah, well, 
to be fair, like the person that start like doing our piercing, she's Mass's Mass's missus. So she's like the other tattoo artist's missus is a <laughs> um she's a dental hygienist. She's fucking shit up with her, with her like hygiene. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's turning up and she's fucking leaving. Like she's incredible. She's like next. Have you like, had much um have you had much business through piercing yet? Well, <laughs> well, did you was, up until everything we happened? We started on the 1st of March, so... <laughs> 10 days of it. <laughs> yeah, we had 10 days. Shit. Um, yeah, that's you, right. You, be fine. Did you get a lot of calls for piercings before that? Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. And I was never interested because I was like, now we're fucking tattooing. Like, we, we did it. You did it like maybe four or five years ago with Rachel on the farm. Yeah, we did. That, yeah, we did that. Because Rach really wanted to do it. You know? Yeah. Rach was you a know, I'm always, I always, I'm so sorry I didn't get to see that place, man. I'm going to regret not getting Don't out. Don't regret it. It's fine. I can take you there. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, talking I'm about... talking about the, the shop. Oh, yeah. You know, like. I'm really, like, I'm really. It was cool, man. Without, without, I, I'm proud to have known you since day one, basically. Yeah. No, but that, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it massive transition, so like, man. It was like a big. It was like at the time, it was like it was one of the coolest things I could ever think of, you know. But yeah, the reality of me not fucking leaving that vicinity, like it would have driven me nuts, you know. Like yeah. it did drive me fucking nuts, you know. No, I mean I understand. Fuck, yeah. dude! Like having people come to your driveway for your tattoos, like. It never felt, I never felt like I could get to that next level of tattoo, which I feel that I'm at now. You know, I never felt like I could get to that, like, fucking career yeah. jump. Like, yeah, you have, like, a shop now, you know. Uh, that guy owns a shop. He's yeah. got all the bills. He's got all that stuff to go now. And he's, I feel that next level of shit, you know. Like, I feel a bit more respected in that way. But, like, it was great. Um, and it did what I needed to do. But... <laughs> <laughs> Go for a quick dip. Yeah, so it kind you of reminds me of so uh, like my lawyer, this guy Matt Mike. I'm like, I became really good friends with him, and like we talk about um doing like you know we talk he's a, we talk about his business and my business, and you know yeah. he also he got his hand in like real estate. He's like a real estate lawyer. And uh, he said this thing to me, and it like it totally struck a chord with me. And he called he called it lean and mean business. And what he's talking about is kind of like it reminded me of that shop you had on the farm, like the, the butcher house, low, low overhead, just as as little as you possibly need to get the job done, so that yeah. you can maximize the amount of money coming in and like lower your stress level yeah, and yeah like, massively yeah and that's like you know all the stuff i'm doing in the shop right now like kind of scaling it down shrinking it like you know organizing like it's kind of it's with that kind of with Mentality. that in mind like lean and mean Working you know? smarter and not harder yeah yeah trimming the fat well, I got to trim the fat, let me tell you. I've been eating like a <laughs> pig over here. Same here, dude. It's horrific. I I'm not, I'm eating like... amazing. I'm eating amazing. I've got like a veg box that gets delivered to my house 
every fucking week, twice a week. And I'm eating veg, I'm preparing food. It's amazing. Really good. Um, I went through like a pack of Mr. Kipling French fancies in like sub two minutes. (laughs) Um, Right, so this, this, yeah, like I said earlier on, you kind of brushed upon this question, well, question earlier on about the sacred heart, but are there any personal life-changing moments that you feel have defined you and like within your job and uh, what did you take from these situations to progress you further um, in yourself and to get you to your current destination? What, like, what, yeah, have you, so what have you been through in order to mold you into the person you are today? Like, obviously you had the kid at such a young age and, and like that has obviously molded you. You had to be molded into a man a lot quicker than you expected to be. But was there, was there anything else that really stuck out for you? Yeah, uh, when the first shop dissolved. It was a fucked up situation. So I told you guys earlier about that guy, Billy, I used yeah. to work for. Like, yeah. So me and this, this other dude were working for Billy, and it, it was a little crazy there. Like, it, it was it was crazy. It was like the Wild West, man. Like, to put it in perspective, there was a night. <clears throat> we were at the shop. It was like 1130 at night. and. Uh, this black suburban pulled into the parking lot and just kind of like sat there with the lights on and and Billy went and he got a bunch of fucking shotguns and handed me a shotgun and this other dude, Jeff, that was there, a shotgun. And he's like, uh, let's go. And we fucking, we all go outside with shotguns and he walks up to the car and it's like these two old people that were lost looking for directions. Holy shit. He's like, He's like, yeah, I, this guy in Brooklyn owes me like $21,000 or some shit. Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, holy fuck, you know? So, um, it, we had to get out of there. So, we pulled our money together and we opened the shop, which, funny enough, is only about 800 feet behind my house. Like, that way. Um, wow. It's, it's, the shop's not there anymore. It's moved, but that's where it was. Um so we opened a shop together and we had it for like two years. And then I'll admit, like at the time I wasn't really doing really like good tattoos. I was doing pretty shitty work. And, um, you know, I was single. I was fucking around a little bit. Like I didn't have my head in the game the way it should have been. You know, I'll take responsibility uh, for what you, I do. You massively hit a nail on the head for there for me. Like when you say that you were single. Yeah. Like that is an incredible like thing when you're tattooing, man. Like I, I don't you, like I don't like being single for more than a fucking week, <laughs> and that well, sounds silly, but it's just like no, because you need that focus on one person. Like you got all these people fucking coming into you, like and you, it's just such a social. You're like, whoa, hang on, fuck you, no way, no way, I don't want that to do with that. The thing is, it's like it's real easy when you're a tattooer to feel like you're the greatest person in the world because people are looking for you, and then. You know, they're giving you a lot of money to draw a picture on them. And then they're telling you how fucking great you are. So, like, when you hear it enough times in the day and you got, like, fat pockets at the end of the day, it's like, I can yeah, do anything trust, I want. The trust, they, they're trusting you to put that image on them for the rest of their lives. You've already yeah. got that fucking build-up trust between those you and her, that. Yeah, and, but, you know, and then when, you know, you're single, you're going out, and, like, you still have that big head. And, like, you know, people are feeding into that. Like, it's real easy to, dude, if... You want to get laid, be a tattoo artist. You know, like it's 
you walk into a bar and it's like I'm a tattoo artist or like somebody points out there a tattoo and everybody there wants to talk to you. You know, and everybody wants to be a friend and like everybody wants to be your girlfriend. And but when you have someone to ground you and remind you that, dude, you snore really loud and like your farts stink. Like you're not <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you just describe me. <laughs> but I mean that's it's it's a fact, man. Like a a person needs that. Like but Yeah, you really do have to have that. As bizarre as it sounds, if you would have told me from my thing, you know, if you'd have told me ten years ago that, you know, when I met Kelsey, like, that's gonna be the girl that you stay with and she's gonna tell you you snore really loud and your farts stink, I'd be like ah. let, me, let me just yeah. add to that. Let me just add to that. You're not allowed to eat cheese and stay in the same fucking bed because you <laughs> so Funny story, I had cheese and beans on toast today. Guess where I'm staying? On the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> Totally worth it. <laughs> is is that like a typical Welsh sandwich? Like it's not a sandwich. It's beans. You put baked beans it? on toast and sprinkle cheese over the top. You really? I'm, we've How really, do I? I never thought I'd ever have to have to explain cheese and beans on toast. We're gonna, we don't we're need that. Come to Britain, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you so many stupid. Do you do you have baked beans in your supermarket? Yeah, yeah. So, make you some hot. Bread. You don't have bread like us guys, then. They got bags of bread, whereas we have loaves of bread. <laughs> bread or bread. So, put beans on the toast, put cheese on the beans, and eat it. It's very simple. Put it in the grill. Put the cheese on the in the and the beans on the grill. No, don't, don't. No. Is that that's like a regular thing you guys eat? Well, it's just it's my staple diet the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of be- Heinz beans? Heinz. Heinz, yeah. They came straight off the lorry. <laughs> straight off the lorry. <laughs> <laughs> now they came from the fucking truck, man. So, Ian, there are our questions. I've got yeah. one final question for you. Okay. God, I don't know this. Okay. Um... You talked about shotguns earlier on. Has there been any blood spilt at your tattoo studio apart from, like, you actually tattooing? Well, like physical? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Or at another studio that you've worked at. Yeah. I mean, mean, at Amity, there's been some – early on, there was a lot. That's it's kind of settled down. I worked at a place, John's Tattoo, which is was in the ghetto. It was in Central Islip, and uh, we were open six at night till six in the morning. So we worked overnight. The doors were where, where you said to me that, like you, like we were on the chat, and you said, "I like I'll get you a place to go and work there." And you were like, "You tattooed the Crips and the Bloods, right?" That's it. You yeah. tattooed Crips, Bloods, MS thirteen, bikers. I saw a dude get his – so this is a crazy story. So there was this guy that used to come around with a shopping cart, and uh, you know what a CVS is, right? Yeah. Nope. A CVS, it's like a drugstore, like a pharmacy. So uh, he used to come around with a shopping cart, and he used to come in, and we would give him a list of everything we needed from CVS, and he would go there, and he'd steal it, and we'd pay him <laughs> – you know, we'd pay him like three bucks each 
you know, but we'd get like a hundred dollars worth of shit for like three dollars. And uh, then there was another guy. Now, now this was the shop that my boss used to like stay in, you know. So there was another guy that used to sell crack that used to hang out, and the shop was set up really good. <laughs> so the way the shop was set up, it's like you walked in, there was like a waiting room, and then we pr- basically we ta- I send you guys a picture. We tattooed in like like these rooms that had like iron bars over the windows so that people couldn't get to you and rob you. And uh, then off to the side was like his big room. Like, and it was TVs all over the walls. There had to be like 10 TVs on the wall because all the cameras inside the store. And then this crazy bastard, he went up and down the block and put cameras on the telephone pole so he could see who was coming. Cause he always thought we were going to get like robbed. So anyway, so this this guy that sold crack was hanging out in the room with him, and they were watching the TV. This is what they would do. They would sit there and they'd watch the TVs all night. Like, the guy wouldn't tattoo. He tattooed once in a while. It's like it was a Spanish girl and she was hot. Like, but otherwise, he was just like, <laughs> like, he would just, they didn't even have to be that hot. Like, <laughs> he would just sit there and watch the TV. So he sees this guy walking down Carlton Avenue with pushing the shopping cart, and the drug dealer is like, He's like, yo, that fucking fool owes me twenty dollars, and my boss is like, what are you gonna do about it? And he's like, I'm gonna get my twenty dollars. So like, you guys know Chris Bushing? Have you ever heard that name? No. He's like a massively famous tattooer now, like huge, like one of the biggest in the country. Um, it was me, him, and this dude Whitey that worked there. So we see this dude, the drug dealer, like jump up, and he goes to the front door. He's waiting by the front door, and the guy pushing the shopping cart gets by the front door, and he's like, he opens the door, and he's like, yo, come here, come here, come here. So the guy comes over. He's like, you owe me $20. And the guy's like, oh, I'll, just, I'll go get you something from CVS. He's like, nah. And he goes in his back pocket, and he pulls out a flare gun, and he shoots him in the face. What dude, the fuck? <laughs> this dude had a hooded sweatshirt on, so the flare got stuck, like, in the neck part of the hood and was just flaring up on his face. And oh, my like, God. Like laying in front of the shop in like the little doorway with his face like melting and he's like fucking screaming and going nuts. And like it literally took like a half hour for the cops to show up, but like, you know, they, they kind of dumped him on the corner, like all screwed up. Like he was like and then the cops come in and they're like, they're asking me, Chris and Whitey, they're like, So what happened? And we're like, I didn't see shit. Like I don't like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. My boss is, like, barricaded in his room. They're like, well, where's John? Like, ah, he ain't even here. I don't know where he's at. Like, you know, because you can't say because yeah. you, you get shot in the face of the flag on next, you know. <laughs> like, like, but that, that shop, dude, it seemed like every night there was something. And then at that guy Billy's shop, like, there was quite a bit of stuff that went on over there. But that was Should, really, we, that was- should we, me and you do a guest spot there next time I come over? At John's? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. I told you, you could go do that. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. Like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Dude, I had – there'd be dudes come in, right, and, like, they, they want, like, a full sleeve for, like, 40 bucks, you know? And it's, like, the minimum there was cheap. It was, like, 40 – maybe even 40 bucks. But, like, they'd want, like, a full sleeve done. And it's, like, yo, I can't do a full sleeve. And they'd be, like – well, how about you do the tattoo and then we go to the Copig, uh, the Colmac Motor Lodge and you could just pick a girl and have her. And like, 
that's the kind of shit that was going on there. It was like not normal stuff. And my wife, we we had just gotten married when I was. Is working. that where you met her at the cold pee poker hog? <laughs> <laughs> Cutthroat. She she worked down the block. She was she was a bartender at, at a yeah. restaurant down the block, and she used to like come in like late at night, and like I'd be nervous about her being in there like late at night, like. So she just stopped coming in altogether because it was like, it was nasty, man. Oh yeah. yeah. Should we, should we just go and visit that shop then next time? And we'll take in the daytime. In the daytime. <laughs> we can go and visit that shop. Like, yeah. I mean, dude, anything can happen. I th- actually, I just, so this girl was working for me for a little while and like I had to let her go. I think she's working there now. Oh my which, God. Which to me is so weird because like, I just can't see a girl working in that shop, but you know, we could definitely go visit. You'll look at the outside and be like, I get it. I don't need to go. <laughs> That's definitely a flag under the face type of type of studio. Well, there's like these, there's iron bars everywhere because, and the neighborhood, it's like, it's like a ghetto neighborhood, man. It's like a bad neighborhood. Like, How far is that from Islip? Islip, whatever you call it. Um, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Shit. But I Not stayed bad. there because, I, I was I was literally making like seven hundred bucks a night working there. Holy majoli! Yeah. So what happened was is I, I was working at another shop, this place Lucky Sevens, and I was happy there. Like I liked the guys. I was having a good time, and uh, a guy, a you know, uh, Nico Negron, who's another huge tattooer now. Um, we were working there together, and he was friends with that dude Chris. And Chris asked Nico if he could pick up a shift. Because the thing was at John's is you couldn't have a day off. You work six days a week. If you needed a day off, you had to get another tattooer from another shop to cover your shift. Which now nobody, you know, you need a day off, you take a day off. Yeah. Nico couldn't do it. So I was like, yo, I'll do it. I had like a phone bill due. I remember exactly like we just moved into our house. We just got married. We were in our house. We had like a phone bill coming up and I was like, we're going to be late on the phone bill. Like I'm freaking out. Cause like, I'm like, maybe they'll turn the phone off. I don't know. Like maybe they'll be nice about it. But just so happened that Nico was like, yo, go do a shift at this place. John's you'll make a little bit of money. So when I heard a little bit of money, I thought maybe like two, 300 bucks, you know, like a regular tattoo shift. And um, that night I made like six, $700. I'm driving <laughs> home. I'm driving home at like 5.30 in the morning and my wife calls me and she's like, you never came home last night. Where the hell were you? And I'm like, I worked and I'm, I'm we were rich. <laughs> like, <you> know, like, <laughs> like we're going to be all right. Like the guy offered me a job that night. He's like, and the way he offered me a job is funny too. He's like, he's like, you're a terrible tattooer, but you look like you can handle yourself. Do you want a job? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll take it. I'll take the job, man. Like, you know, and I, I think that is like a big thing to say about tattooing. What's that? Uh, of being able to handle yourself. Yeah, I'd be the yeah. worst tattooist ever. Because I'd be so bad. <laughs> you have to be really fucking ballsy. Like, I don't get it because I'm not down it like this way. It doesn't it doesn't happen that much, you know. But like, yeah. I would. The, the reason I want to come to these fucking places that, you're, that you've worked at 
and the places that you have seen is because I want to be that fucking guy, right? And you I want, want to take a flare to the face. I want to have the same fucking people that I've got coming out with it. Next time you come down, I'll take you around. I'll take you to some places, some shops. Um, when I, the first year I was in there, like, we used to fight all the time in the shop. Like, we would fight each other. Like, when we yeah. were slow, we would just we would just fight each other. Like, um, this dude Johnny worked there. And, like, me and jo Johnny was bigger like me, so we would fight all the time. Kenny and Frankie would fight all the time. Not, like, fight, like, not like each other. Yeah, just, like, you know, like, yeah, see no, Yeah. But one night, um, there was a really <laughs> bad fight. This dude that used to live upstairs, big jacked, like African American dude, like comes downstairs and like punches a, one of my friends that was hanging out in front of the shop. And Frankie, Fra I love man, Frankie went at this dude like little Frankie, yeah. and they were they were rolling around Merrick Road beating the crap out of each other. That's when I knew no, I was no, like Frankie. No, Frankie's awesome. you know, like. He took he took a beating he, and he gave he gave the guy one back and like and this guy was my size and you know how big Frankie is. Wow, yeah. fair play yeah. to him. But and he, like he's got balls, you can see he's got balls, man. He's yeah, like, I think yeah. you have to to be a tattooer. You can't be steamrolled as a tattooer in order no, to like you can now. solidify. You can mm. now. I I meet so many tattooers that I'm just like, you know. I don't. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know. I know what you're saying. Like, oh, dude, <laughs> and it, you know what? If any of the guys at work listen to this podcast, they're gonna know exactly who I'm thinking about. But like, <laughs> you know, there's one guy in particular. Like, I literally just want to like beat the fuck out of this. Like, he just. <laughs> there's that's no way to talk about Kenny. <laughs> Yo, fuck Kenny, man. Kenny, Kenny can throw the hands, bro. Trust me, Kenny. Me and yeah. love Kenny so much. The only thing that he would throw at me is his love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's different, you know, like you don't do that. You don't do that anymore. So when I was when I was working for Billy, like him and his friend who's another Billy, who I'm actually I'm still friends with to this day, they were out in front of the shop and they were arguing with some dude over a parking space and I was like young and I'm watching him argue with the guy and I'm like, fuck it. I just ran over to the guy, the guy sitting in his car, and I started punching the guy through the window. And, like, Billy grabs me, and he starts pulling me back. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, you were mad at him. <laughs> you know? Like, but, like, you know, in, in 1999, which is, you know, we're talking 23 years ago now, like, that seemed like the way to get somebody's attention and to, you know, Billy invested in me fully when I did that for him, you know, and he taught me how to tattoo, taught me how to manage money, you know, like he told me I was going to marry Nicole when I met Nicole, like, you know, but I, yeah. that one thing, that one thing I did, you know, led to that relationship that him and I had, cause he knew. And then when, you know, when Frankie did that, like I knew when Frankie did that, I knew I was, you know, I could lean on Frankie. All I can say is this I love it. this podcast has has been a definite um, uh, a definite change in what we used to. We've interviewed Jimmy, who's from Worthing, uh, an old Valley's boy, and me and you, Pricey. So, so to to talk to somebody for 
probably two hours now. It's probably coming up to you. This is the longest podcast we'll do, I think. Growing, growing up in New York, it's, it's, it's been a phenomenal experience into your life. And to, whenever, I come, whenever I come over, we have so many fucking stuff to talk about. Like, we do. We really like, do. And you know what sucks, though? When you guys come over, I only see you in the shop. You know, like, we, 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 we need to go out. Times, like, that I come over, like, every time I've got tattooed by you, it's just been me and you having that fucking time, man. And, yes. like, we speak about the best things. Like, we, me and you share the best stories whenever, like, if, if I could record that when I come over next time to yeah. share with everyone, I wouldn't fucking share it with them because that's mine and yours time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, from our hearts, thank you. This yeah. Thanks for having me. Man. Yeah, thanks. Th- thanks. Thanks for coming on and, and chatting to us. An hour away, and we've had nearly two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Fucking awesome for us. Like wicked. Yeah. I mean, I miss you guys. I'm I'm glad you guys are healthy, man. There's some scary stuff going Same on. Yeah, we we tried, dude. Yeah. Healthy, and I'm glad you're not on the front line. And I'm mm. glad your missus is not on the front line. Yeah. Like, money is only nothing because I know you are the person that's the same as me that can. Tattoo out of a fucking back of your truck if you need to make money to support yeah. your family. So, yeah. like, I'm ne- I'm never gonna be worried about you ever, dude. Everything you know, everything happens for a reason, and like, it's you know, it's like I said before, man. Like, you lay down, you bleed a while, and you rise, and you you do it all over again. Like, that's you know, that's just the way it is. And and if you know, at the end of this thing, it hurts a little more than we even think it's gonna. We're all talented. You know, we all love what we do. We respect our craft, and we'll find a way through it, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's and so that's, good. That, that's what makes you successful in the first place. Yeah. You know? I'm very privileged to be a part of uh, that sort of mindset and mentality. It really does mean a lot to be within that industry. So, right. So, we're going to come and see you in October, November. If we can. Now we will. Well, October is the best time to come because the Holy Black Party. Oh god, hey, yeah. You guys, you guys have got to come to a holy black party, man. Yes, yeah, done. Like done. Yeah, it, that's that's got to be priority number one of your next trip over. Okay, there's nothing like, it. nothing yeah. like. All right, we're there. All right, thanks, boys. Thanks. Thank you very Thank much, you. Ian. That was absolutely pleasurable. My best friends in the world, across the pond. Fucking pond, man. I appreciate you. Big love to your family and stay safe. You guys also, man. Stay in the fucking house, eh? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. As a new addition to this podcast, we'll be updating the description with show notes to help you see what's to expect in the episode. Remember, we're on YouTube and social media, and you can find us by searching Progression Over Destination. If you enjoyed this episode, then it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes or by commenting on this below. It's the best way for other people to discover the show. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week on Progression of the Destination. Progression.